0: Good morning. Well, I highly encourage uh, y'all to make it to that weekend. I also want to say, Doug kind of introduced me. I'm the youth pastor here. So if this is your first Sunday with us and you don't like me and you're like, man, this was not it, come back next week. You can hear the good preacher give it a new start. So so just give us a chance this week. If you don't like it, give us a chance next week. But man, what Doug said up here, like, I believe in that big time. Like, we don't have enough fun in church. We should have fun in church. We tell our teens all the time, like, we just want glimpses of heaven. I think heaven's going to be fun. Some of y'all might think it's just us standing around, but I think heaven's going to be fun. So turn to your neighbor and say, let's have some fun today. Now turn to the person on the other side. Y'all said way more. Wait, wait. Y'all said way. It doesn't take that long to say that. Turn to the person on the other side and say "Howdy." This is exactly. Howdy's a fun word. You can't say "Howdy" and not smile. Okay? Let's have some fun today. Man, I just believe that there are people God has placed in this room this morning that he has put purpose and calling on their life. And all we want to do today, all I want to do today is be a vessel for God to stir up some faith in some people. There's people that need some faith stirred up in them this morning. So we're going to let God do that. Before we really get started, I just want to talk about this real quick. This is a Bible. Y'all should bring this. Okay. I love technology. Uh, I'm preaching from an iPad. I'm young and hip. That's how we do it. Okay. (laughs) Love technology. We got real lazy with these things because we put scripture up on the screen. So partially because I didn't get them to crystal in time and partially to teach you a lesson, we're not going to have scriptures on the screen this morning. So bring your Bible. Like we should carry this. Um, A few things. I, I brought my mom's Bible up a couple weeks ago when I, preached for, or when I preached and talked about, I received, for those of you who don't know, my mom passed away four years ago. Uh, I got gifted her Bible, and I got to look through it and see things. And it was such a unique experience opening my mom's Bible to the bookmarks she had in place the day she died, right? Going through it and seeing the notes she took, the things she highlighted, the dates she was reading things and attaching them to where, where we were at in our life as a family, what was going on, uh, and that was so unique. I've been, I've been challenged by that because I'm a Bible app reader. I just read the Bible on my phone. I've been real challenged by that because uh, my kids aren't going to go through my phone and see my notes after I pass away. That's not something they're going to keep, but but we keep these. I also think there's just power in opening God's word together, right, instead of scrolling it. So I'm going to encourage you in that. We had our youth camp a couple weeks ago, and we let let our kids have their phones at camp. Uh, Some of y'all are probably really against that. We kind of encourage them not to be on them, but we don't take them away, but we encourage them. There's a time to bring a physical Bible where we're going to spend time in the Word together, not on our phones. And we had 80 teenagers there with Bibles. It was such a cool experience watching them be there. So uh, I want to encourage you in that. Those of you who have your Bibles or your Bible apps, it's okay if you're a Bible app person. Okay? Uh, We're going to be in Genesis today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 13. Uh, We're going to be in and out of it a little bit. Uh, Pastor Doug preached last week about Jacob and Esau and a little bit about Joseph. We're going to go even farther back than that. Okay? We're, we're, for those of y'all looking, it's on page 11. Okay? Page 11. It's right at the beginning of the Bible, right? Some of you get that. But uh, we're going to talk about Abram and Lot. And one thing we learn in this story is that there is power in your association. There, there is power in the people you surround yourself with. There's power in the place that you choose to dwell, the people you let speak into your life, the people you're giving your time and energy to. There is power in your association. It begins to shape you. And we see two, two different stories here. Before we jump into it, I'll just give... Uh, a brief kind of summary. So, so God called Abram to, to leave the land of his father, to leave everything behind and go. Not to a place, just go. And he said, I'll show you the place. And so, so Abram took his wife and uh, his, his livestock and, and he took his nephew, Lot. And they came to a place and they, they both had lots of livestock and, and shepherds and what happened is they were all in this one place and there was conflict. They started butting head and arguing and, and Abram and Lot met and Abram said, it might be best if we, if we separate and I'll let you choose where we go and, and we'll pick up on that later but, but what, what ends up happening is, is Lot chooses a place between two cities and there's reasons he chose this place Uh, We're going to talk about and what that means for us. But he chose a place between two cities that were um, covered in sin. And he went to dwell in a place full of sin. And what happens long term for Lot is his family becomes desensitized uh, to the evils of the world desensitized to certain behaviors and habits because they are surrounded by it, because it becomes normal to them. What happens for Lot is he loses absolutely everything, all because of the place he chose to dwell, the people he chose to surround him and his family with, his association and his environment because of one decision— So I just want to challenge you to think this morning about about who's your inner circle. Who are you giving your time to? Like, who who are your five people you spend the most time with? And and this isn't a message that says, like, if you got friends who aren't Christians or friends who sin, don't hang out with them. I got lots of friends who aren't Christians. I like them more than most of my Christian ones, right? We (laughs) hang out. We are friends. I love them. But we are very intentional about who we're giving most of our time to, who we're allowing to speak into our lives. We, we turn down opportunities, we turn down people, because we can be around that sometimes, but we don't want to dwell in that. Some of y'all are thinking, I invite Brad and Carly over all the time, and they always say no. We don't want to dwell with you, all right? <laughs> y'all are the people. We do not want to dwell. No, I'm just kidding. We're busy. That's why we turn some of you guys down. But... <clears throat> Uh, I just want to challenge you in that. There's a cool, cool moment kind of looking at the other side that happened here last week um, that I'm not going to tell the full story because it was a special, unique moment. I want to honor and respect that, but I do want to share a little bit of it because it was special and unique and it was awesome. It's like one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, but we did a lake day last Sunday for a youth group. Um, We try to do a lake day the Sunday after camp just as like a, hey kids, let's go have fun. Really? It's like a I do not want to plan a youth group after a week of camp, so let's just go to the lake and have fun. Uh, the weather after camp was terrible. It was like 70 degrees, so we did it last week. Instead, as like a back-to-school party kind of, the goal is just to go have fun, right? We don't, we don't have a lesson. We don't do like small group questions. We don't, we don't read the Bible. It's like we're going to just go. Let's just have, be in community, have fun at the lake. We did that, and it was awesome. Some of y'all don't know about this, so you're about to be ticked at me because you don't know about it till right now. But uh, we got back here. We were, kids were getting picked up. We were parking the vans, getting everything back. We had a couple of our older kids who can drive, who drive themselves. Let this be a lesson. If you're 16, get your license so you can be part of this so I don't have to come pick you up all the time. All right? So some of our older kids that could drive just asked us if they could, like, chill and hang out here for a while, and we did. Uh, and what happened is we spent... Like two, two and a half hours in this room just worshiping. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So what happened was it was so unique, so cool. There were like three times Carly and I like shut everything down and we're like, all right, guys, let's go home. And they were like, no, we're staying. We were like, yeah, y'all think it's cool. You weren't here. You weren't stuck here. No, it was cool. Like, they just wanted to be here together and worship. And what happened in this room is there was a freedom released that I've never experienced before right? Because there were people in association in unity. Where there is unity, God will release freedom. Some of y'all experience captivity and addictions because you're not living in unity with people. You're living in conflict with people. There has to be separation, and then like Lot, we end up dwelling in places we're not meant to be. If you want to experience unity, find your association, or you want to experience freedom, find your association and find unity, and God releases freedom into that. That's what we experienced here last week, uh, and it was awesome. I've been telling everyone about it. Uh, I got not a lot of videos because I was with them, but I took some videos if you want to see. It was so cool. Some of y'all won't like it. We got a little Pentecostal up in here when God (laughs) released freedom, but some of you don't know what that means. You got to look it up. But uh, the first lesson is, is Lot's life was altered Ultimately, everything he had was lost because of his association. So we need to think about our association. The second is that, this is, this is my belief, Abram was never meant to bring Lot. He was, Lot was never meant to be there. God, God called Abram to leave everything. He brought Lot. Lot was never meant to be there. So so what had to happen was was God had a calling and a purpose and a plan and a perfect will for Abram. And and God wanted to elevate Abram. God wanted to do amazing things with Abram. He wanted to elevate his purpose and do a good and a new work. But what had to happen is is there had to be a separation from Lot. Lot. Because Lot wasn't meant to be there. So for for there to be elevation, there had to be a separation. And after they separated, the Bible tells us, then God renewed his covenant with Abram. Then God made a promise to Abram uh, that his descendants would outnumber the dust of the earth and that he would find a permanent land. God would lead him to a permanent land. Remember that, a permanent land. There had to be separation. So I, I want you to think about there are areas in your life that God is wanting to elevate you. God is wanting to elevate things in your life. But for there to be elevation, there has to be separation. For those of you taking notes, good job. Write this down. For those of you not taking notes, elevate, be better, start taking notes, but write down things in what are the lots? in your life that you're hanging on to that are keeping God from blessing you more, from elevating you, from using you to your full potential, to his full purpose and his full calling because you can't separate from those lots in your life. Those could be people, relationships, habits, environments. It could be a mindset. Some of us hold on to a mindset we've had way too long and we got to let God come in and move that. I think of, we have some pastor friends of ours that... Uh, that have some lots in their life that no, no one here at this church, not these friends, okay? Somewhere else. Y'all don't know them. But we have some pastor friends of ours that there are some lots in their life that aren't bad things, but there are things that they can't let go of. And what, what's happened is they're, they're in a position that that is not, it's blatantly obvious to everyone around them that that is not what God has for them anymore. That is not where they're meant to be. His purpose is somewhere else, but there are some lots in their life, some uh, maybe like jobs, promotions, opportunities. We're gonna talk about opportunities, but there are some opportunities in their life that they, they say, we're stuck here because of that. People who think they're stuck somewhere, because of something worldly, serve a really small God. If God can't overcome things that make us stuck, if we have faith that we can leave that, and God is the restorer of all things, all that we've lost, God will renew and restore. But, but there, are, there are strong believers who have great relationships with Jesus who are leaders that that are holding on to lots in their life and not allowing God to completely use them and call him and I'll just tell you this the driest place you can ever live all you will find is emptiness and sorrow the the soil is not fertile is living outside of God's calling on your life so there might be habits relationships environments that are holding you back that are that are blocking God's purpose and God's calling on your life there are for God to elevate you there are things you have to be willing to separate from so why did lot have to go why did lot need to be separated it, it's simply because lot loved the world lot loved opportunity Lot was always looking for something. Lot was always looking for the next opportunity. And I just want to tell you that, that not every good opportunity is from God. Right? Not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. There's a difference. And Lot had to go because Lot was a looker. And I just want to, this is just for some God's, God's purpose on your life isn't an opportunity. God's purpose on your life is is His will, is a will, not just an opportunity, is a good and perfect and complete will that God has for your life. And what's important to remember is that that God doesn't see, the Bible tells us God doesn't see what man sees. God sees and knows so much more, so much deeper. there are levels that we can't imagine or see. God doesn't see what we see. And what, what we see in Scripture and in life over and over and over again is that, that God moves in the impossible. When, we see, when man sees the impossible, we, we want to stay away from that. that doesn't, that's not appealing to us. That's not opportunity. That's not attractive. But God moves in the impossible. God moves in the messy. God moves in the brokenness, the dryness, in our weaknesses. That's when God shows up. But what we see is weakness. That's not opportunity. That's not attractive. Sometimes we're lookers, and and we talked about a couple weeks ago, we're runners, and, and we like to run from weakness. Man looks for what looks good. And Lot was looking for what looked good. But God looks for what looks impossible. I just want to share. Um, actually, I'll just summarize it. We talk about this all the time. So if you're new, I'm not going to talk about it again. You can go back and watch some other sermons. But, man, we believe God called us here. His will, his purpose, his plan is for us to be here. And when that was happening, uh, there were some things, there were opportunities that looked more attractive in the world. Right? There were opportunities that, that what man sees looked better. But, but we felt like God was calling us here, even if it didn't look pretty, even if it looked a little messy, even if it didn't look, y'all are so beautiful, y'all are so attractive. Maybe it didn't look as attractive as other people. Uh, but, but we believe God was calling us here. The cool thing is we didn't know what God knew. What God knew was that there were, there were people here you know what? God knew there was a family here that me coming here. Whew. Oh man, this is tough. All right. God knew there were families here that were disconnected from Him. I got to preach over here. I can't look at you guys while I talk about this. God knew that there were. There were people that needed to be connected here, and, and I was the missing piece. I'm not saying that to glorify me or Carly, but I'm saying that we didn't know that. We didn't come here for that. We didn't see that. God knew that there was God knew that there was a young I'd hate crying guys, so I'm really holding it back. <laughs> God knew there was a young man who needed a father figure, who needed someone he could trust, someone that would love him. Someone that would be in his corner and have his back. I'm trying to keep my eyes <laughs> up. I'm not looking at you guys. God knew that there were, there were young women that needed Carly. Right? We didn't know that. We couldn't see that. It wasn't pretty here. But God was working things behind the scenes. God's, God's will was already at work. And this is where we we're meant to be even when there were things we couldn't see. <laughs> God knew that there were families we'd get connected with outside of this church that have 18 and 20-year-olds that would suddenly lose a parent. And they'd need someone to be there who could sit with them and say, I know. I've been there. I know what's coming. I know, I know right now I know right now everybody's, everybody's reaching out. Everybody's saying they love you and they care for you and anything you need, they'll be there. I know that in a week, all that's gone. And everybody else, else's world seems to go back to normal and move on, and you're still sitting here broken. Right? God knew we needed to be there. So I'm telling you, man, it may not always look pretty, but... The most fulfilling, the most fertile, the most prosperous, the most joyful place you will ever be is living into God's will in your life. Everywhere else, you're going to find dryness and emptiness. There might be a temporary high, but it always comes crashing down. I'm just here to say, man, we have never come crashing down since we've been here. We are so excited for what God is doing and what God is, the way he's moving in the lives of some of our students. We've never come down from the high because we know we're living into God's will and purpose on that and that he is blessing and using that. So Abram and Lot separate. And what happens is this, is, this is Genesis like 13, 1 through 18, pretty much the whole chapter, chapter 13, if y'all want to read it. We're just kind of working through it together. But Lot and Abram separate. And what happens is, uh, Abram goes to Lot and just says, hey, we need to separate. If you go left, I'll go Right? If you go right, I'll go left. But it's your choice. So Abram gives Lot the choice and the decision. And the Bible tells us Lot looks up and, and, and looks around the land. And what he sees on one side is he sees the Jordan Valley. And the Jordan Valley, what, it, what the Bible tells us is, is it was prosperous, the grass was green. There was a water source that was rushing and flowing. There were cities already established. The Bible tells us it was as beautiful as the land of Egypt. What he he looked over here and saw was barren land, is the land of Canaan. It was dry. It was ugly. There was kind of a water source, but it wasn't rushing the way uh, the Jordan Valley was. It, it wasn't green. There was nothing growing. There weren't established cities or people. It was just a dry, barren land. So Lot is looking around and, and he decides, I'm going to go this way. You go that way. I will take the land that is green, that is prosperous, that looks fertile where there's water, where there's already established people. Abram, you go that way. You get the dead stuff. You go to the dry land. Good luck, man. Good luck, good luck, Uncle Abe. That's what I think Lot said. I think he called him Uncle. <laughs> that's not scriptural, so don't, don't go telling your friends that that's true. But in my mind, Uncle Abe. Band, you guys can come up. We're going to wrap up and go to baptisms here soon. But, but Lot decided to go to the Jordan Valley because Lot was a looker. Lot loved opportunity. Lot looked, and he saw what man saw, what he wanted to see, and, and he went that way. And Canaan was dry, and it was empty. But here's the, here's the secret behind the story, right? Right? What they didn't know, what God was doing, was the land of Canaan, the soil was the richest and the most fertile in all the land. It didn't look it, but that was the truth. That's what it was. And this this land of Canaan that Lot turned down and, and told Uncle Abe to go to was would later be known as the land that was flowing with milk and honey. The land that would later be called the promised land. The land that, that uh, Joshua would lead the Israelites to and, and, and it would be a permanent land for his people. So too often we're looking at the Jordan Valley of our life. Right, too often we're trying to compare and look where where things might appear to be greener. We're looking for new opportunities. Man, sometimes we think, man, if I just left, if I if I just got that divorce. If I just did this, the arguing would stop. My life would be so much better. It would be so much greener. But what what we don't see is, is what God is doing over here in the soil of Canaan. What God, no matter how dry your marriage is, no matter how dry your belief is, no matter how dry your relationships are, God is doing something in the soil of Canaan. In the dryness of your life, God is doing something you cannot see. What you can't see on the surface, God is already working in the soil. The land of Canaan is fertile and prosperous. And here's the promise. God tells Abraham, this land is permanent. It will be yours forever. You see, Lot lost everything. He lost his family. His wife vanished, died because she was in love with the world. Because she became in love with where they had dwelled. Lot had to flee. And here's here's the lesson for most of you today. When you're here, when you're in the Jordan Valley, when you're dwelling amongst that, the enemy can win. The enemy can win in the Jordan Valley. When we go to what looks good, what the world tells us is good, the enemy can win there. But the promise is nobody can stop what God is doing in Canaan. Nobody can touch what God is doing in the land that he promised. Nobody can touch what God is doing there because it is a permanent, Promise, It is a permanent land. When you live into God's purpose and calling, nobody can take it from you. It is where you will find joy and fulfillment and all good things. Nobody can touch what God does in the land of Canaan. I'm done. That's all I got. we're about to witness some people taking a step in their faith journey, a a public declaration, uh, taking a step towards living in the land of Canaan, living in the permanent land. So if you're getting baptized today, um, you guys can head out to the back and and get changed. You can meet uh, Doug and Laura back there. They'll give you some direction, I believe. And if you feel, man, if you felt God leading you, Today or speaking to you, and, and you feel like you're ready to be baptized. Pastor Doug talked about it. We're ready for you. We got we've got clothes you can change into real quick, get baptized in. We got towels. Um, you can head back there as well. Uh, but we're ready for you. What we're gonna do is, um, not yet. I'm not done yet. But we're gonna we're gonna stand and we're gonna spend some time in worship together. Um, and then we're gonna have behind me under the cross, there's gonna be some baptisms. And what the Bible tells us is that when, when one lost sheep is found, there is a party in heaven, right? So we talked about we can have fun in church, all right? We can have fun in church. Y'all have my permission, okay? If anyone gives you any talk, grief. Yeah, I kind of think of a good word to use. (laughs) Grief. Tell tell them I gave you permission. We can have fun in church. So we're celebrating some lost sheep coming home. So let's party, okay? Let's have a party. Let's celebrate when that happens. Some of you may not be uh, ready to take that step yet, but may have felt like... uh, God speaking to you today or Jesus working on your heart and, and may have felt like there have been moments where you've looked everywhere, where you've looked at what the world has promised you. You've, you've moved to the, the Jordan Valley to what the world tells you look good and all you've found is emptiness and despair over and over again. The promise is most of us have been there as well. And I just want to invite you, man, there's no better time than right now, there's no better day than today uh, to give your life to Jesus, right, To to look that direction, to allow him to move into the weaknesses of your life and show his strength to the world through those weaknesses. So... Uh, man, if you want to, if you want to pray with me today, I welcome you to pray that prayer in your heart in the quietness of your own mind. But let's all bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray together as we close. God, we come before you, and we recognize we've all been lost. We've all had times in our lives that we've. We've seen what man sees and we've compared and we've maybe been been lookers, we've been seeking opportunity instead of waiting for you to lead us. Instead of waiting and trusting in, in what you're doing under the soil, the things you're doing behind the scenes that that we can't dream of or imagine, or sometimes we can't even understand, God, but God, we we just wanna pray that that you'll forgive us for those times and that you'll lead us, you'll strengthen us, give us the patience to wait for the places you're calling us to. Help us to discover the will and the purpose that you have placed on each and every one of our lives. Help us strengthen our association, and God, we—it's hard. We recognize it's hard, God, but but where you need us to separate, allow us to separate, strengthen us to separate, give us the willpower to separate. We trust you with all these things, God, and and we love you, and ultimately. My prayer this morning for for myself and and for these people, God, is that when we walk out of this room, that we can walk out looking less like the world and looking a lot more like you, God. God, we wanna praise you for, for the lives that are represented in these baptisms we're about to do and the ways you've moved, the stories and, God, we're excited, I'm excited, to see the way you're going to use some of those stories. Some of the stories of overcoming, of, of restoration, of the ways you moved in and, and rescued people's lives. God, we want to celebrate that with you this morning. So, God, let's have a party. In your name we pray. Amen.